Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, we have some, before we do anything else, some kingdom business to take care of. Uh, How many of you recognize this couple in this picture? Pastors Dan and Sandy Bolt. They're here every year, so hopefully you recognize them (laughs) Uh, for our board meeting. These are our dear, dear friends and uh, some of the board members of this ministry. So Friday morning, Pastor Dan called uh, me and uh, Pastor Sandy had an aneurysm and uh, went into a coma. And uh, so as of yesterday, they just cut out a piece of her skull, put it in the freezer to preserve it so that, you know, they can put it back when when they're ready and uh, to relieve pressure from the brain. So uh, they were actually almost coming on their way here. They had left Illinois to go to the Copeland meetings where Dr. Wingate was, too, as another board member. And uh, this happened there. So they're in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, I talked to him this morning and he said, all is well. All is well. Amen. But uh, I let him know that we wanted to pray as a congregation. And, you know, aren't you glad there's no distance in the spirit? So I thought you'd want to stand and take hands and we'd want to uh, bombard the courts of heaven. If you've been in the blood covenant class, you're going to know how to plead your blood uh, in this prayer. And uh, we're going to go before the courts of heaven uh, to make a case on uh, Pastor Sandy's behalf, because uh, the kingdom needs her. Pastor Sandy is one of those uh, unique and rare individuals that everybody who knows her loves her, and uh, she is very valuable to the kingdom of God. Uh, she is not a talker. She is a doer, and she does much. Her, her last text to me on Friday, amazingly, was, hey, do you want all these free CDs? They're, they're giving away. That, that is quintessential Sandy, always thinking about everybody else all the time. She's, she'll be on the mission field with us. I personally am looking really forward to her story of the glory because she's hilarious and you know how she tells stories and um, so much experiences that she's having, you know, whether she's in the body or out of the body, doesn't matter, but we'll get to hear the story for the glory. So what, what we're asking for uh, is not, not obviously the obvious, but we want a just supernatural quick recovery. And I just told her, get up, get out of bed, you know, time's up for rest and uh, let's get back to work. So we don't, we don't need to take the three or four weeks, the month that the doctor says will be necessary for recovery but they are supernatural report so let's just pray you guys use your outdoor voice use your authoritative voice and let's just take care of kingdom business okay so you just pray and I'll pray Uh, let's all pray along together father we're so grateful that healing is part of our daily bread healing is the children's bread and we call pastor Sandy's body healed pastor Sandy I speak to you in the name of Jesus I command you to rise get up and walk thank you father that every malady malformation and abnormality is now driven from her body the supernatural blood of the lamb flows through her veins Lord your DNA is part of her DNA so any malady or malformation is trespassing on her body and we speak to the soul of her body and the water of her body and we command it to be healed that aneurysm to be dissolved the swelling and the pressure to go down in the brain and them to be uh have a good day today that they can assess that they can put that portion of the skull back get it sewed up and that she has a supernatural speedy recovery and she's released to go home 
and finish her recovery and her strength and the comfort of her home and her family. And Father, we are grateful that you are Jehovah Rapha, our covenant healer. And we thank you, Father, that salvation means nothing lacking, nothing broken. So we accept nothing less than the fullness of recovery, uh, nothing deficient, nothing lacking, nothing missing in her recovery in any area of her spirit, soul, or body. And we bless Pastor Dan and the family that they be supernaturally strengthened, Father. Peace and joy people are sent to lift up their hands and minister to their hearts, even taking care of their natural needs, Father, and their financial needs, and that the church is blessed and it increases and it even grows as it rallies around uh, this member of the body. In Jesus' name, thanks for letting us be a part. Amen. So every time you think of that in the, in the days to come, uh, you just say, thank you, Jesus, that, that it's done, okay? Because when we, we ask once and we move over into thanksgiving so uh pastor sends his love he'll be here tonight and uh he's at, at south tampa this morning and uh he missed you because he was out of the pulpit last week but wasn't that good how many of you were here for dr richard moore it was a blessing and if you haven't yet heard the podcast you will want to catch up uh to this place that we're at in the race because that really um how many of you felt like that furthered and accelerated you yeah, that really helped. Don't you love it when, when you, you know, you've got to go a block, but it felt like you got there in two steps <laughs> instead of 100? Yeah, amen. So we have, an, we have announcements real quick? Okay, awesome. Good morning. We would like to welcome anyone who is here. Uh, if you're a newcomer, uh, welcome. Uh, if you're looking for a home church, you just want to say welcome home. Welcome home. Um, if you would, please, uh, there is an information card. Uh, you should have received a welcome packet. Take a couple of minutes and fill out that card, please. And then on the way out, stop by the Source Center because we have a gift we'd like to give you. Um, this, the first Tuesday in February is first Tuesday prayer here. So we come together for corporate prayer. And let me tell you, that's how we get things done. You know, um, our pastors have taught us that when we pray it out, the Holy Spirit will lay it out. But we have to lay it out first in prayer, and then the Holy Spirit will work it out. But we have to pray out the tracks through prayer. And then, you know, and, you know, we've also been taught that a prayerless church is a powerless church. And this is not a powerless church. We are people of prayer. Amen? Amen. So come and join with us. There's something about unity. There's something about joining all of our faith shields together when we pray. We get more done. So please come and join us because we pray for the community. We pray for our nation. And oh, how our nation needs prayer right now. Amen? So come and join your faith with ours. Also, in February, we're going to start back the Connect Groups the second Tuesday. The doors open at 6 o'clock. You can bring a dish and share a dish if you like. If you don't want to, that's okay, too. Everybody just typically brings a little something, and we all share. But, you know, what we share more than anything is life with each other. On, during connect groups and so we share what we gleaned from the previous message um, from our pastor and how God is working in us and through us and it's a great time to get to know each other so I want to encourage you come the doors open at 6 p.m. Also in February, on February 9th, is our Helps Team Conference. We do this once a year. I am so excited about this. It's a time when the Helps Team 
comes together. We get to encourage each other. We get to sharpen our skills because, you know, each and every one of us, we want to serve the Lord Jesus with a spirit of excellence, right? Right. There's no room for mediocrity in the kingdom of God. So we're, we just come together. We sharpen our skills. We encourage one another. We find out what's working, what's not working, what we can do better. And um, it's just a wonderful time together. If you are not on the HELPS team and you would like to be, but you're not sure how to plug in or where to plug in, please see either myself or Kayla Hartman or Chrissy or Andrew Bartline after church, and we can help you with that. We can help you with how and where to get plugged in at. And you will be blessed, I promise. So, um... Saturdays at 1045, we go out on the streets right here in the community, and we share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, if you watch the news, I don't even watch the news and I hear it. It gets to me. Um, It finds a way to get to me. People are hurting. People are in such a state of hopelessness right now in our day and our time, unlike ever before. We are the messengers of hope. We are the ambassadors of hope. But how are they going to know if we don't go? How are they going to know if we don't go and tell them that there is a way, that there is hope, that Jesus can and will rescue you, set you free, deliver you, and give you everything that you need for an abundant life here on this earth? Amen? Amen? So come on out Saturdays at 1045. Um, I promise, if you've never done it before, the first time I did it, I was literally shaking like this, literally. But you know what? That person accepted Christ. And I was never the same after that. I had the soul-winning bug after that. (laughs) So please come on out. Also, we don't do paper bulletins here, so um, check your email. If you don't receive the email connection, get with one of us afterwards. We'll help you get set up on that. Um, Anything and everything that's coming up is done through email. Um, Our our website, which is lifefamilychurch.net, and our ministry Facebook pages. So are y'all ready to receive the word today? Amen. It's going to be good. Can we try it without this? Giving you a hug. Oh, because I just want to give you a hug. Yeah, you're on. It, it, y'all heard me. Okay. And I hate being up here doing this, and y'all know that. She knows it too. That's why she's my friend. But um, we we did drive. We did drive. When I found out when camp meeting was going to be, Sonali's going to be on the missions trip with us. Heather isn't going to probably come this year, I don't think. But um, there's a hunger stirring in Cherokee, and we're seeing God shift and move because life is important to him, and we're losing people right and left 
to drugs, to meth, to all kinds of things. And, and it's a sad situation because the older generation is dying out and the younger generation are fading out because they do not recognize the love of God. They do not recognize that He is the answer. And they're filling that answer with everything else. Is this okay? Um, so uh, to, to, to bless these girls and to, to bring them here to see a different look at things is, is why I do what I do. And um, we really got blessed last night. They'd never been in Dr. Rodney's camp meetings before. It was an absolute treat. I got to see some of my favorite people that I haven't seen, and I guess I haven't been there in six years. And it was just, I was like, thank you, God, you know, just what we need. And, and so we're going to take that enthusiasm back with us and then to be able to come here and to be with you guys. I mean, if something ever happens and I have to come back to Florida, I would really have a hard time staying in Citrus County. I'd probably have to weasel my way down here. <laughs> because you guys just bless me all the time. And, and thank you for letting me come and... And um, can I tell them about? Okay. Um, I want you girls to be thinking about this. Can I do that? Um, I know we're not doing a women's conference in 2019. We're going to do it in 2020. Vision. That's going to be great. So for the women, sorry, men. Y'all can do a fishing trip or something. Um, We are going to do a weekend. I'm trying to secure... A cabin. Don't get too excited up there, Jen. <laughs> I'm trying to secure a big cabin so that now it's going to be limited space, very limited space. So I hope to have all the particulars taken care of. And in April, when Pastor Marie brings that to you, what I'm going to say is this. You need to, if you need to pray, start praying right now. Because when April comes, we're talking limited. It's not a women's conference. It's going to be a retreat type of situation. Friday night, Saturday night. We'll be having worship and, and, and ministry, connecting, coming together, just having, you know, I like to come together and have some good Jesus time with my sisters. So that's what it's going to be like, and I want you to sign up. But when you sign up, there will be no late sign-uppers. It's going to have to have to happen. You're going to commit in April. And um, we're going to try to make it as, as cheap as possible. How many of you guys, y'all might not even be interested in that. I didn't think about asking that question. <laughs> Is anybody in here interested in something like that? Okay. It's not going to be a women's conference, but we are going to come together. And I just wanted to... A women's retreat. Yes. It's a women's weekend. No recluse, no retreat. So um, when that comes available, those of you be praying about it now, be thinking about it right now. I'm giving you a heads up because... There is a limited amount of space, period, and I can't help that. I'm trying to find the biggest cabin I can, but I'm trying to make it as reasonable as possible. So thank you guys for welcoming us and loving on us and just letting us come hang out here with you guys. And I can just be myself and kind of weird here, and it's okay. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Taylor. Aren't you glad we're a global family? Do I need to keep on using this? You're trying. Okay. It takes a level of faith just to be in their life before you get to the spiritual stuff. 
So although we, we do a lot of teaching, preaching, missions work and stuff like that, that's, people think, well, that's when I turn my face switch on. I'm getting ready to go minister on the mission field. See, when you're getting ready to get in the car with Dr. Taylor, you better brought all your faith because you use half of it during a car ride. Because, yeah, and they're like, amen. Um, whether I'm believing not to slide off the side of the mountain from ice and snow, which I do request to come that time of year because I love the ice and snow and pastor hates it. Um, I'm like, can you just let me out and I'll walk and pick me up at the bottom because I'm pretty sure that I'm better off out of this car. Then it's always my side that's on the, where the no guardrail is. And so I'm like, We've, I've used half my faith before I even get to class to teach. Now, so it's not my fault they didn't get much out of it. But then if it wasn't ice and snow, I found out it didn't matter because then there was the mice and the screaming and stuff on the highway. So um, I have friends that, like Sandy Bolt, you just need a lot of faith to just live as friends. And you better have enough left when you finally make it to church that you can still get up and uh, give your message. So uh, don't you love to be stretched? Yeah, you want people in your life that, that take you forward. Everybody drags, push, and pulls me forward, and it's good. <laughs> Amen. Um, so I'm going to receive the offering, but for the offering message, come here, Miss Esther. I want to hear your, everybody to hear your testimony, love, about your raise or promotion or fun stuff. See, I've started to ask the right question. Yeah, here's the question that you all want to ask each other every Sunday because it's the one you'll hear me ask. Don't ask this question, how are you? Worst question in the world. This is your question. What great thing did God do for you this week? Okay. And so I asked Miss Esther that last week. And I got a great answer. Thank you. So share that answer. Um, God bless you all. <laughs> Talking about stretching. <laughs> yeah. Um, been praying for God uh, to continue uh, doing his will in my life and being obedient uh, into all the assignments that he gives us on a daily, on, on a daily, every day. Uh, task. So um, starting December, I was just praying and asking the Lord, okay, Lord, you know, um, I'm meeting, we are meeting uh, just, our finances are just right there, and, and we have plans, and we have goals, and we have dreams, you, you know, and God, and God, you said you are our provider, and I've been praying and, and um, forgot to just direct me in what I I. I, I I, I need to do and and um, following Pastor Marie's classes and um, and words, you know, in my job, every time when I meet with my supervisor and my manager, my question is, what else can I do? Please, ma'am, tell me what else I'm able to do that I'm able to help not only, you know, for my benefit, for our team. Okay, because when I work in my job, um, one of the models that we have our logo is one team. So I take it very, very seriously. Everything where I do, I try to do it with excellency because I'm not only doing it for me, I'm doing it actually for the Lord and for our team. So I've been asking and I do it and I, and I, and I try to fulfill all my tasks and, 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 and honor my superiors at all time. Um, so I had... Um, a meeting a year ago with my supervisor, and she had asked me, um, if anything happens, an open position happens, will you consider taking a supervisor position? So for me, coming from a, a job with so much stress, and I'm trying to alleviate stress of me, I said, well, 
you know, it all depends, you know, if it's too much stress. So I was always, uh, this past few years, I've been running away from that title, that position, because I'm comfortable where I'm at. I'm comfortable. But how we know that when we're comfortable, God goes and goes up and he says, okay, <laughs> you're too comfortable. It's time to you to move forward and to stretch you. So this year, this year, <laughs> God said to ask, right? <laughs> and ask big. <laughs> so I've been praying, and I said, okay, Lord, I'm doing what you want me to do. So what is my job? What is my task? What is my assignment for now for 2019? And sure enough, my manager, not my supervisor, called me up. And it's so weird because I prayed. Um, I think that I did that prayer on Tuesday, Wednesday. I got, I got a meeting with my manager out of the balloon. And the first thing she asked me is, what are your goals you know, for here, for, for the company that you're working on? You know, where do you see yourself? What do you want to do? You know. So I, I gave her my, my response, and then she said, well, it's time to move forward. It's time for changes. We can't be comfortable in the same position. So then she offered me a supervisor position. <laughs> yeah. And I said, okay, I, I went ahead and I was a little bit hesitant, but right there I, I, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me and say, It's time. It's time to 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 move forward. And and yes, you know, uh, being comfortable is not of me, it's time to I'm I'm stretching you <laughs> for greater purpose. Um, not only that she approached me, but also my supervisor. So my question is, okay, so how quick are we talking about here? Probably in a couple of months, or in three months, four months. She goes, no, it's going to happen here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so we're, we're waiting for that to come to pass. Actually, it's coming by, by the end of this month, which is this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, only God. <laughs> I love it. I was asking her, how do you say excellence? Spanish, excelente. Yeah, I like that better. I like Spanish better than English on that. Um, excelente, testimonio, amara. <laughs> okay, so, um, but she said something interesting in there. Now, Esther, if you know anything about personality, that's an S personality. You know, you want to be comfortable, don't want to move forward. Um, but you need to know there's no such thing as standing still. You're either moving forward or you are going backward. So, uh, like that saying, if you do the same thing you've always done, you'll have what you've always had not true. If you do the same thing you've always done, you'll have less than you've always had. And every time you keep doing the same thing, you will keep getting less and less. So that it's an illusion that there's some sort of middle ground you can hold on to. It's either front sliding or back sliding. But uh, obviously, uh, you need to not be... Cons Remember I tell you, the only place you're allowed to be comfortable, according to the scripture, is on your sofa and your bunny slippers. So if you're not there, in other words, if you're in your workplace, comfort wasn't one of the things in your contract. Okay, uh, so you want to be stretched, obviously, and, and responsibility people back up from. But responsibility to a Christian means your response to his ability. It's if there is no grace for that next place for you. That's what you're telling God. Well, there's no grace for that next place. Um, the one and only time I uh, declined a promotion, the Lord made me go back and, and apologize and accept it three days later. He's just like, uh, wrong answer. 
because I didn't ask him, um, because he has, he has things that he wants to not only expand you, to put in you, but he has things that he needs to get through you for others. So it's not going to be about you. Now, everything God does in your life, you will receive the blessing for, but it, it also is for everybody else. And how many people won't be blessed if you just decide that you want to kind of be comfortable? I mean, somebody thought enough of you to ask you to do more. The reward for a job well done is more work, not more money. <laughs> Psalms 101. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's great if more money comes with that responsibility, and generally it does in time because money answers those things. Um, but when a boss asks you to do more, there is no higher compliment, not even money for that. Because that's the highest form of trust an employer can place in you. I had a person tell me one time that they thought for a whole year working for me, which I know people could get the sense of that, my bad, that they were an utter failure. It's just because I'm not real good at words of affirmation. Uh, my name on the bottom of your paycheck should be sufficient affirmation. Thessalonians says the rest of it is look yourself in the mirror and consider yourself affirmed. I mean, I didn't know they needed it. You have not because you asked not. You didn't tell me you needed verbal affirmation in addition to financial affirmation. Um, and so they, they told, and I looked at them, I was like, okay, let me tell you, see uh, how an employee thinks and a boss thinks are very different. And you can tell, even if you don't know if somebody is a boss or employee, watch them work a little bit and watch their talk. You immediately know which one they are because those, those sides of the coin are very different. And I said, now standing here, hearing you say that I have two choices. Um, uh, you're actually telling me that I'm a stark raving lunatic and should be in a straitjacket. Because a person, I think, is an utter failure I have given an ever-increasing amount of work to for an entire year. What does that make me? <laughs> Beyond stupid and crazy. Okay. And so since I know I'm neither, yeah, the reason you were given, were you given more and more responsibility all year long? Yeah. Consider yourself affirmed. Yeah, see, there's a different way of looking at things. That's why the Lord said this had to be a new day in 2019. That was one of the prophecies. So to have a new day, there has to be new ways. And to have new ways, you're going to have to have new thoughts. Because you, you're acting like how you think. As a man thinks, so is he. So we can, we can locate not only each other, but we can locate ourselves. My actions are uh, depicting this is my belief system. And if I don't want it to be my belief system, then I need to back up and change my heart instead of these outward things. Well, I'll just change how I'm acting or talking. Um, people get in the word of faith and they get a hold of confessions and they go around trying to monitor everyone else's confessions. <laughs> Passing out spiritual duct tape. Oh, don't say that. Yeah. Um, it's not always the outward mouth and the outward actions will change when you change what's in the heart. So uh, just put the good stuff in and the, good, the, the bad stuff will automatically be moved out. The law of dysplasia. Are you happy? Amen. Your happiness is a choice. So uh, if we need a title for the media for the sermon, it's a can you hear? Now this is a question. But we could actually ask those three words with an in, a voice inflection on each one of them and make a different question. So can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear? So that's the Lord asking you, all three of those questions, because part of what uh, Pastor felt led, 2019 had so many things that heaven wanted to say to us, so many instructions, which meant we would need a lot of instruction for the running of the race this year. It is very important that you don't let any of that slip, that you wrote that down or you have the confessions, but 
pastor felt led that all those things we would teach and preach on from the scripture. Every one of them lines up with scripture. So one of the things that went forth in the prophecy was clarity of his voice. Pastor prophesied that. And uh, Dr. Moore spoke on, can you hear? And that you needed to have a different kind of hearing. And so uh, this morning's message is on uh, hearing. Can you hear? Because how many of you know there's a different definition for the word listen and then hear? Anybody ever said, I know you're listening to me, which is an auditory exercise, but you're not hearing me with your heart. And even Webster's defines uh, those two separately. Listen in Webster's means to attend closely with an intent to hear, to yield to, to follow the admonition of. So if you're yielding when you're listening, um, you're not thinking about what you're going to say while they're talking. But I would say most people aren't even listening. They're not even hitting the listening mark. They're on their phones. Uh, They're somewhere else. They're present in body but absent in mind. Lights are on, no one's home. Anybody having conversation with those humans? Yeah, lights are on, nobody's home. Can't carry on conversation because medical science and uh, uh, of the sciences of the mind, they've released data recently that this generation has no cognitive reasoning. If you don't have cognitive reasoning because you were raised on uh, uh, electronic games, it shuts down that particular wiring in your brain. You can't hold a conversation with somebody at 15 that has no cognitive reasoning. It's impossible to have a conversation. They don't feel and they don't see. They don't empathize. So they can't hear and listen and repeat back in this uh, mutual thing called communication that's very circular. This is why their face is like that. Um, and, the wor- and the word hear definition means to perceive. So hearing is a little bit different right off the bat. Because when I'm looking at, at somebody, I'm hearing the, what they're saying to me. 97% of what they're saying is not coming out of this mouth. I'm watching their face and their body. Because that's either going to coincide with their mouth or most of the time contradict what's in their mouth. So 97% of what I'm hearing is actually coming in through my eyeballs, not my ears. But I'm also hearing here what's not being said and what the Holy Ghost is saying. I don't mean I'm reading between the lines and trying to assume that they mean something they don't. Assumption is a very dangerous game, one that you always will lose at. Uh, To hear means to perceive, to give an audience an allowance to attend favorably, to be present, to meditate, which means I actually have to be thinking about what they're saying. That's a lot of effort. You can actually feel the physical effort when, when you're not tracking with somebody. You know, and you're, you're, they're, they're spider webbing, and you're just like, can we come down here? <laughs> you're desperate. My mind, if I'm talking to someone that's doing the spider webbing and, you know, telling me how the watch was made when I said I like their watch, well, the Swiss and, you know, the inner workings of that, um, my mind immediately is trying to find bullet points because I just have a real analytical mind. I'm not there for the, the, the I's and the S's. It's all in the, the story for 30 years. And I'm just like, my God, is there a point? You know, I'm dying here. And so, I mean, if I'm, t- if I'm working really hard in that situation because my mind is just a computer. It analyzes bullet points, one, two, three, multiple choice. Okay. Yeah, and then I repeat back. Do I hear what you're saying? Yeah, it's, it, it's for the, the productivity. So it has a difficult time with the, that I cannot follow uh, the point there. One method also, too, that, that proves someone's not listening is when they're, they're going, yeah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. You know, when I grew up, gotcha didn't mean, didn't mean what it means today. 
gotcha is, is now the phrase for I'm hearing you. No, it's just a phrase that you're repeating repetitiously because you read in a book that there were things you could do to make people believe you were listening. <laughs> Uh-huh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. No, that doesn't mean you're listening. Actually, you're, you're annoying the person that you're talking to by saying that because it's usually at the wrong time and it doesn't, it doesn't fit and they're, then they're feeling, no, you're, you're actually, you're not tracking me at all. Yeah. You ever been across from the dinner table with somebody that just will not talk to you? You know, it's got their face in mind. Yeah, how fun is that? So, I mean, and, and that only happens to me when I'm in a big group, but if that ever happens to me individually, I'll excuse myself, pay your bill and mine, and let you carry on with yourself. Because, yeah, what, I'm, I'm irrelevant, right? Yeah, you're irrelevant. If you're on your phone and you're eating with somebody, you've let them know you're irrelevant. Yeah, so excuse yourself and go to something <laughs> relevant. Yeah, time is, is important, isn't it? Um, but notice this, the de- part of the definition for the word here is to obey. And so look at the definition to obey, to hear intelligently. So obey means to hear, and to hear means to obey. So this is an action thing. This is a verb. This is not just a listening or this is not what most Christians uh, say. Yeah, I heard that. I've heard that word. That's a very negative thing and already proves that you are in the past tense and you are not living or doing what, what you heard. You probably don't even remember it accurately. To hear intelligently, intentively, carefully, to consent, conform, and be content. So there were many things um, in the prophecies uh, about 2019 that we would have to hear. So um, do you think it will require a better level of hearing? Clearly, even Webster's defines listening and hearing and then the Bible hearing in another way. So are there levels of hearing, perceiving, and understanding that we can enter into? So we're going to have to come up a lot higher, and we're going to have to look to the Word, and that's what we'll do this morning. What we hear, who we hear, but the Word has more to say about how you hear. than than all. The, the who is clear, and the what is very clear, and so little needs to be said about that, but much uh, the Holy Ghost felt like needed to be said about the how so that you would understand how to hear that. Once you said, I'm going to hear the Lord, I'm going to hear the word, that's great. Now the rest of your life you needed to know how. Um, Ever heard the phrase, pay attention? It's because it costs something to give attention to something. It costs time to, I have to pay attention to get something back. You got to make an investment. It's going to cost you time and it's going to cost you money. Maybe you bought a CD. Maybe you bought an iPhone so you could hear a podcast. To give attention or attend to something, you were going to need to pay for it, which means even if I gave up an hour of Netflix so I could pay attention to a spiritual podcast, it's going to cost you something every time you want to attend to something. It also going to cost you every time you attend to the wrong thing. It pays the same dividends back. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Yeah. Remember in, in, in class? How many of you are in my blood covenant class? All of life is a boomerang. Boom, it rang when it hits you upside your head. Because everything you dish out there, make it your size because you're wearing it, right? It's coming back here. So make sure you like that outfit and you want to wear all that because that's, that's your destiny you're creating with your mouth, not theirs. It's not sticking on them. Um, so a year of increased acceleration, you would need to say, we're going to be quick to hear, quick to obey. Yeah, that would be the posture of your, your success if you're going to succeed this year, that you're quick to hear and then quick to obey. So go with me to Mark 4.24. Let's look at the word on what we want to hear. 
because there's a lot of voices. Actually, the Bible says there are many voices and none are without significance. The word significant doesn't mean it's something good coming out of that voice. It just means it's significant. It can be significantly loud. It can be significantly bombarding. It can have significance uh, playing a part in your life. That doesn't mean it's a good significance. So there are many voices and none are without. That means they all have significance. Mark 4.24, uh, Jesus said this. He said to them, be careful what you're hearing. So before you listen to anything, you need to, to decide whether you should be listening to that. And this is what it says in the Amplified, how you're careful. Look at it, be aware of it, and be perceptive. I was uh, going down the road, and I don't often listen to, to Christian radio because it's not very Christian anymore. Uh, but I was listening because I like uh, Janet Parshall and I like to hear a little bit of news. And I had the radio on and I heard a song that uh, seemed new, I didn't recognize. And I listen again with my knower, can tell if something's anointed without in the first 10 seconds. Not e- I don't even need words, you can usually hit the music. And so something seemed amiss. I looked again, I thought, have I hit the button? Because I've done this before and I have a secular station on. Because you know, you're not supposed to look when you're driving, but I'm like, what do I have on there? Because my display, like the numbers go away and other things come up in the navigator. So I can't really, I'm like, I must have it on a secular station. As soon as I get a chance, I'm going to dink with it. As you can see, I don't do technology good, so you don't want me doing it while I'm driving. <laughs> and uh, so it gets all the way to the end of the song, and it's, it lists the name of a secular artist. And I thought, well, did they get saved? Because I probably would have heard this would have been a big thing, and now they're playing the Christian music. So I, a couple days later, I forgot about it. I actually found out I was on a Christian station and just went, wow. Uh, a couple days later, it came to my mind in my devotional time, so I decided on my phone I would Google this individual and look up, well, maybe they'd gotten saved, and I'd love to celebrate that. Um, and so I find out that not only did they not, but they call that type of thing a crossover. I thought, what interesting vocabulary. So if, I, if I'm a secular person that, in other words, that does not receive Jesus and he's not my Lord, not my, say, difference between Savior and Lord, okay? Uh, and so these words, though, because they don't say anything wrong and they don't say anything about Jesus, but if I'm a Christian and I want to say them to God, they'll fit. That's called a crossover, in other words, you're coming over to my side without going through the way, the truth, and the life. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. That doesn't work. Yeah. But, the, but that's what the Christians say is okay. We're just going to take that over on our side and make that doctrine and sing those words when it's not the word because they didn't come through the way, the truth, and the life called Jesus. So they decided to call that the crossover. So uh, it says, but because I was listening to what I was listening to. Don't just randomly listen to something uh, in the background, background noise in your TV, your podcast, your music, and and whatever, and just be uh, passive in it. Listen. So he said, be careful what you're saying. That means pay attention to it. Go, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't quite line up with the the word or just something something rotten in Denmark. (laughs) Okay, so Jesus is telling this to the disciples, and that's you. He said, what you're hearing, in other words, what you're giving an audience to, what is being reported, and what you're understanding. Then he goes on to say, the measure that you give 
will be the measure that comes back to you. But in the Amplified, it says the measure, the portion and degree of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. Now, notice this is interesting. The law of sowing and reaping hasn't changed here, but we're not sowing wheat and reaping wheat here. We're sowing thought and study, and we're not reaping back thought and study. That alone should get your attention. You're reaping back virtue, which is power and knowledge in the measure. So if I say I'm going to give a measure of time, I'm going to turn this podcast on. It's 45 minutes. The measure I give to the the thought and study I'm giving to what I'm hearing gets measured back to me in power and knowledge, both sides of the coin. No matter what you listen to, oh, gee, that wasn't really good. I'm not sure I believe that. I think that was actually false doctrine. It kind of looked good on Facebook. He looked real good. He sounded real good, real slick. He had on an Armani suit and a really cool new hairdo, and it sounded really good, and the church was really packed. But I'm not sure that, that something wasn't quite right. Now, I might be a baby Christian and be like, well, maybe I just don't know enough, and I second-guess myself. And so the measure that I just measured is coming back whether I deemed it good or bad. But it comes back in knowledge and power. That means satanic power, if that's what was in it, is working now in my life. 45 minutes worth. And that we're also saying, well, I'm going to listen to Pastor Jack's sermon 45 minutes on Monday, because that's what he said we should do. And then the other five hours of the day, I'm going to passively listen to Facebook, uh, anybody else's podcast, Netflix, uh, Fox News, and I have, oh, and then eight hours of conversations for my coworkers, which are probably not the most uh, um, affirming and positive edification, exhortation, and comfort that there is in the world. So you listen to 14 hours of stuff to your one-hour podcast, and we can't figure out I thought it was so spiritual. I listen to pastor's podcast once every day. 45 minutes compared to 14 hours. The Bible says the measure. So can you change that measure? I, I am in charge of everything I hear. The only one thing I might not be able to control is it's a few hours of conversation from coworkers. But generally, it shouldn't be a lot of that or somebody needs to be fired because when you're talking, you're not working. And so uh, move away from them so that you can get your work done and you're not lumped in with them. Uh, But everything else on your way to work, in the morning, on your way home to work, on your breaks, on your lunch, all night long, and when you sleep all night long. We have the Bible scripture playing in our bedroom all the time, even if we're asleep. It's just down really low. So can I counteract any portion of something that's not good that's forced into my life. Absolutely. So it may be two hours of negativity, and it should be 14 hours of the word. Because the measure of thought and study I give to the truth I hear is what's measured back in power and knowledge. So if you don't have enough power and knowledge in your life, you just want to make an adjustment in what you're intaking. And like I said, be very careful of what you're considering. Well, I wasn't really listening. Why would you listen to something you're not listening to? That's, that's what hypnosis is. It puts you in a state that you're not fully conscious, and it can feed you anything into your spirit, man. Even if you're awake, everything I'm saying, you won't remember 7% of what I said today, but every bit of it went in your spirit, man, and can energize you. And the Holy Ghost has the ability to bring it to your remembrance. Same thing with passive stuff that, that we really maybe want to think. Maybe you think there's nothing actually wrong with it. Well, is there something right with it? Is it helping you run your race? Why don't we move away from that, well, it's not sin. 
Yeah, you have the right, but it doesn't make it the right thing to do. Paul said, I know my rights, but I choose to give them up that others, that others. So is, is it helping you run your race? If it's helping you run your race, then do it. That's between you and God. But if it's not, then what are you doing it for? Because if it's not helping you, it's backdrafting you. Either it's pushing you forward or it's sucking, it's sucking back on you. And just because you didn't recognize the pullback on it doesn't mean it's not happening. And we think, I'm so tired all week long, so I'm too tired to go to church. People stop doing the very one thing that would energize them instead of changing something else. Change your job, change your career, change your house, change your car. Yeah, don't get off the service team. Yeah, crazy is as crazy does, okay? So the measure of portion that you measure comes back to you. Verse 25, Jesus, and these are red letters. For him who has will more be given. And from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. But let's read it in the Greek Amplified. Him who has, holds and possesses, keeps and uses, more will be given or granted. So when I have something, I have this phone, it's mine. Come get it from me. Am I holding on to it? Yeah, and if I really want to hold on to it, I'm going to do an elbow strike to her nose, and that's all she's going to be thinking about is her nose, not this phone anymore. It's mine, okay? <laughs> um, so, in other words, you can have something, but that doesn't mean that Satan's not going to try to take it from you. But it was your job to hold on to it, which means you could. I can't be like, oh, she took it. Oh, yeah, daddy. No, no, no. He said, you hold on to it. And he said, him who has... More will be given, but him who has not, this is the person that allowed it to be taken away from them. It, it's like me saying, somebody says, does, does anybody in here have a Bible? And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, me, I have a Bible. I have five, they're all at home. But I have a Bible. And that was the true answer to your question. But a better answer would be, yeah, I have a Bible. It's right here, right now, with me. And it's on the inside of me. So having a Bible at home is not the same as having a Bible with me. It's, having a Bible with me is also not nearly the same as having it in me. Okay. So either you have it somewhere once upon a time that you obtained it, possibly in a shelf or a drawer, something, but you don't actually have it. So that's what the scripture is referencing. The person who doesn't have it and won't hang on to it and keep hold of it, that which he had will be by force taken from him and then given to the one who had. That's good for the ones that have, not good. <laughs> and, and this is uh, the, the him who has nothing. It says the one who expressed denial or negative answer. This, this is the person who says, yeah, I've heard that thing in the scripture before. And they say, either I don't really believe it anymore, I'm not sure that's really what God said, or, you know, I've kind of had my own interpretation of it, my own relationship with God. And... Um, then they also uh, express negative about it. So this is the person um, that what he has, what he, I would say what he had is taken away, lifted up, kept in suspense, doubt comes, it's removed and it's burned by force. It takes faith to hang on to your faith. 
So when someone is in, in the process of backsliding, and backsliding is I'm not in church today and I'm dancing on the bar on Friday night. Okay, it doesn't happen like that. Once you see the dancing on the bar on Friday night, there was a long, slow progression in between that, unless we were just physically present in the church presently, but not on the inside, you know, and it wasn't something we had changed. But it was like, how did that happen? Nothing happens overnight. And so uh, it was, an, it was a, something on the outside, uh, something on the inside that just showed up on the outside. Uh, if we don't use it, we lose it. That, that I know that is a, maybe an American saying, but it's actually scriptural. Because anybody ever read the parable of the talents? Uh, buried uh, talent was um, not only offensive to God, it was punishable by death. When he said, you wicked servant for bearing the talent he gave you, uh, take it from him and throw that servant into hell, into, into damnation and darkness. So it was abhorrent to him that whatever you had been given, and we all know we're birthed with natural talents, and so not to use them is um, not okay with God. But obviously when you got born again as a spiritual man, you got additional gifts and graces given to you. Um, and so I would say this to you, if you're like saying, well, I don't know what they are, ask because you have them. There's no such thing as a person who does not have natural abilities, and just because no one else told you, maybe it wasn't their job. It's your, it's your job to ask, but every person born again has spiritual gifts and, and, and graces. Maybe they're not tangible. Maybe I can't say, um, I'm a great baker. I'm going to bake you a cake on your birthday. You're like, if you know me, you're like, please don't. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> it's not going to be edible. It's a big waste of time and money. I don't know where to buy you the best cake, but not make one. But what if that's not, what if my gift isn't tangible? What if when somebody needs comfort, I'm really great at comforting them and crying with those who cry? Why do we always measure things as hard skill sets? Not everything uh, is tangible and measurable. And so somebody who, who always has a smile, who always has a word of kindness, you cannot tell me that's not a gift because that's not one of mine. I'm just like, I'm not mean, but I'm just like, I'm looking at you, but I don't see you because this is a task-oriented brain, not a person-oriented brain. That's why uh, Andrew is on our team because he's completely person-oriented brain and not task-oriented brain, even when given the task, yeah. I love Andrew. Andrew's expensive, though, because everything has to be redone with Andrew. People are like, you know, why do you want that person? Because he's everything I'm not. And that's how you should work your life. And I'm everything he's not. <laughs> and we need each other to get out the door, find the doorknob. Yeah, it's everything you're not is in somebody else. So we don't need to waste time becoming what someone else is in, in, in the world and in the body of Christ. Uh, perfect what you have, but recognize it and bring that and, and offer it. Kind of like, hey, you bake the cake, I think I can ice it. You know, let's see what we have that will make uh, the 10,000 together. Okay, uh, from him who hath that doeth no good with what he has, you have it in vain. As if he had it not, it shall be taken, even what you had. Bearing a talent is the betraying of trust and amounts to a forfeiture, and gifts and graces will rust for lack of use. Okay, so let's talk about the who, and we're talking about can you hear? What do you need to hear? Who are you hearing? How you hear? So let's go over to the who, Revelation 2. You all right? Just hang on, Pastor will be back tonight. He's the spoonful of sugar that makes my medicine go down. This is steak for two. You have to take home leftovers. <laughs> I don't do chicken. I like steak. 
Revelation 2 says this. Now, again, this is in red letters. This is Jesus. He that hath an ear. That statement right there indicates many don't, does it not? Because if he's saying, if you have an ear, then the rest of the supplies to you, indicating there would be many who do not have an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches, which meant it was your choice to hear. That you had to let yourself. No one's going to force it on you. What the Spirit, what the Holy Ghost is saying to the churches, you're a part of the church. To him that overcomes or him that subdues, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So if you're going to have an ear and you're going to listen, you need to know what uh, overcoming and subduing means. Overcome means to conquer as in battle, get the better of, overcome difficulties or obstacles, to invade, to overflow, to gain superiority and be victorious. To subdue meant to conquer by force or the exertion of superior power and bring into permanent subjection. To dominate, to crush, and overpower so as to disable from further resistance. That does not sound like it can be done eating bonbons and sitting in my recliner watching a pastor on TV. Does that sound like that's a passive action? That's a soldier who's up, who's out, who's moving forward. Even if you think you're busting it up, you're doing it wrong, you're not doing it right, it's aggressive. It's, hey, I'm going to get up and do it again and again and again. How many of you rode a bike the very first time successfully? Kayla did. Kayla's special. Yeah. A few of us did. Most of us, though, had to, to maybe try it if we didn't have training wheels once or twice more. But has anybody ever had an activity where they had to maybe try more than once to succeed at? Yeah, of course we did. Now, uh, the first time I water skied, got right up, no problem. But because I don't like dark, murky lake water. It wasn't because I was skilled. And I gave the boat guy an instruction. Listen, if I go down, do not stop. I'm not dangling my legs in this murky water. Just drag me back because I won't let go of this because I saw him stop and let people float out there. I'm like, that's not going to be me. So if I fall, just keep going because you will drag me back, bumping all over. I will not be letting go. So I, I didn't fall down because I just, well, I'm not going down out there. <laughs> my, my quads were shaking, but I made it all the way back to shore. And I didn't repeat the activity because when I don't like something, I'm convinced the first time that I don't like it. So let me try that again to make sure. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't like that. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was, that was, that was a learning experience. Yeah, I'll cross that off my bucket list. <laughs> so uh, you're going to have to repeat some things. So to overcome and subdue was going to cause you every day. I don't feel like saying my confessions. I don't feel like getting up and praying. I don't feel like, you know, what does that got to do with anything? Ask yourself. And your point is, Stop even yielding to the fact that you don't feel like something. It needs to become irrelevant to you. What, what you feel needs to become irrelevant to you. Unless, of course, they're, they're holy emotions. And holy emotions from God, when the anointing comes on you and you feel something, that's just helping you receive what the Lord has for you. So those are indicators uh, that you're being strengthened and you can receive more. When, when, when Satan wants to uh, bring emotions to you or use your emotions against you, he'll start talking to you and he'll add an emotion to that to convince you, well, it must be real because I feel it. Really? Thank you. That was perfect timing. I don't get a drum roll, but I got a squeaky. <laughs> the other people get an organ, a drums, but me, I get the squeaky. <laughs> and uh, 
I don't even know what I was talking about. It just took me right out. I'm just kidding. Feelings. Feelings. Yeah. Um, Satan deals with thoughts in your mind. That's why you don't need to be ashamed if you were my blood covenant class. When I have a nasty thought, I immediately blame Satan. He did it. Okay, because who do we learn that from? Our great great grandmama. <laughs> they passed the buck. Um, those are darts. They come from the outside. They didn't come from the inside of me. I'm full of the word and full of the spirit. So when a bad thought comes, I'm just immediately, that was Satan. That was a dart. And so what he does is he accompanies a feeling. If he wants you to feel afraid, you will actually feel fear. If, 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 if symptoms of sickness come to your body and you feel them, are they accompanied by darts to your mind? Oh, yeah, you're going to be sick or you're going to lose work or you're going to get cancer just like your mammy or papa. Yeah, they're always coupled. And you'll hear people in the world say, well, how can it be wrong if it feels so right? Yeah, it can be so wrong that you just take that right to hell and thinking you're right. Yeah, you can believe something's right with all your heart and still be wrong. So it's going to be accompanied by feelings. So don't yield to those feelings that aren't holy emotions given to you by God. So when the word and the spirit line up, move forward with that. And you're going to have to, to not give in to that. You have to answer that is how you resist it. Uh, so you're going to need to overcome and do. So that's what you hear. That's who you hear and what you're, you need to hear. What do you say? The word and the spirit. And you need to pay attention to what you were hearing. And so how? Let's talk about how. Go to Luke 8. Because more is said in the Bible on how than the what and the who. So we'll give that a little more time. Luke 8, 12. Is, and you know this passage well, the parable of the sower. Luke 8, 12. And those by the wayside are they that have heard. Notice the past tense of that. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word from their heart that they may not believe and be saved. What is the thief's job? Steal, kill, and destroy. Every moment the word comes to you, does he show up to do his job? He's far more diligent than most Christians. Uh, and he also knows this time is short. So every Sunday, every time you listen to a podcast, when you come to Bible school, the thief comes. So what you want to do is not go home on your way home and play the radio and do other things. You want to fig- you want to immediately move into, I'm keeping this. So the main way you keep something is that you had your mouth open to it all the time while you were, I- while you were eating that word, like this morning, your mouth is open to it. Amen. That's mine. That's good. I get that. You're eating it now. Uh, and then on the way home, wouldn't you be meditating? Meditating involves murmuring and talking. So you would be eating that. Don't be distracted when the word comes. There is a method for you to hold it and keep it when it's trying to be taken from you. And the best thing to do is, you know, if he's coming right away, then get on the method right away. They'll go, oh, yeah, I'm going to ponder on this tomorrow when I get up. Most of it will be gone. You only got 7% of it anyway, first time you heard it. Not a lot. You have to hear it 14 times to even hear 100%. That didn't mean you retained 100%, nor did it mean you walked in 100% of it. Uh, wayside, the, the, they may believe and not be saved. And that's just not salvation. That's saved from everything you want to be saved from. Poverty, destruction, lack, heartache, sickness. Saved encompasses all that. So verse 13, and those on the rock are they who, when they have heard, again, notice the past tense, receive the word with joy. So there's people that hear the word and they receive it with joy. And then it says, because they had no root. In other words, they didn't stay in the game long enough. They didn't stay plugged in and let it get down inside them. They're a pot plant. They just decided to move on to the next place to hear the next fun thing, the next ear tickling thing. The Bible talks about in the last days that people will heap to themselves teachers that tickle their ears. 
These have no root, but the who a while believe, but in time of temptation fall away. And your faith is for the battle. And so if you let go of your faith in the middle of the battle, then what, what were you, you gaining it for? And there was no proof of the authenticity of your faith until the battle came. And the battle is not proof that you're a faith failure because Jesus said it comes to all of us. The trials and the temptations are coming. In other words, the battle is coming. But what did we just sing this morning? The battle's over. It's over. You're not in it to win it. You're in it because you win it. You're in it because you win it. But there is a standing your ground in the military. We know that this country belongs to us. But when other people try to take the country, do we have to stand our ground? Okay. And standing our ground, peacemaking is violent. Peacekeeping is not. And God told you you were a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. Peacemaker goes forward. And, and moves, and that looks violent. It looks violent when our military does it. Peacekeeping is just standing there guarding and keeping peace, but when somebody comes towards you, they're going to make you make peace rather than keep peace. Yeah, and then you need to make peace. That means peace wasn't there anymore, and it's your job to make it. Verse 14, that which fell among the thorns are they that have heard, again, past tense, as they go on their way, so this is also an indication of how not to live. Don't go on your merry way. That was really awesome, and you forget about it all week long, and then you're back next Sunday, dragging tail like a dead yak. They're choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and they bring no fruit to perfection. In other words, you let everything in your daily life just choke out that word, and you don't bring that word that you receive to any fruit bearing. It's destroyed in its seed phase in your heart. And so there's no fruit, sometimes fruity, but no fruit. You ever had a drink that was like, it said, you know, hint or essence of lime, and you're like, you're drinking it, and then you're drinking it again, you're like, I know it says that, maybe it's me, but I'm not even getting the essence here. <laughs> you want to be like, because oh, the emperor has no clothes. This has no lime in it. Just because it says it has an essence of lime, maybe they waved the lime over the top before they put the cap on. I don't know what that meant, um, but, but I don't think it's me. There's no lime in here, yeah. So if there's just no fruit, there's no fruit. Um, verse 15, and that in the good ground, there are such as in an honest and good heart. Now notice the condition of the heart of this individual, because it's the heart that's the soil. When your soil and your yard's bad, can you go down to Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever they, they, they have soil, and can you buy different soil and go home and put that in your yard and change your soil? Okay, so whether your soil, I don't know, they have things pH and nutrients and for what I guess whatever you're trying to do again I'm not a horticulturist um, there there's things you can add to the soil that be to, to make that soil produce what you want it to produce so even if you, th you you've been a no producer or a 30 or 60 volt can you change your own soil in fact no one's going to do it but you so you can move any day you want from being a zero or 30 fold or 60 volt I'm, I recommend a hundred fold become a hundredfold by changing the soil of your heart. How, what, what do you add to the soil of the heart? The word. The word will, will balance everything out that isn't there, and it will crowd out everything that shouldn't be there because there's only room for God's good stuff. He can't, he's not living with your junk. Put your junk out on the curb. So these had an honest and good heart. Having heard the word, look at what it says. They hold it fast. That means that you have an enemy that's constantly trying to take it away from you. Even though that enemy shows up in a human being, 
Um, that's not your enemy. Remember that. So they that hear means they're presently not taking hold. When they hear, they're not keeping hold intermittently through the trials of life. They let it go. They pick it back up. They let it go. They pick it back up. Have heard is past. It's always used when you specify the time when something happened. Having heard is the person who takes hold, keeps it, works it, produces, indicating repetition or duration until. How long? Until. Until it manifests. In present possession of. The wayside person, this is really doing something odd. Do I need to change it or take this off? Or is it just me popping? Okay. Um, Wayside never got in their heart because they did not esteem or value it. So if it's fallen by the wayside, that means you didn't even esteem or value it enough to hang on to it. The rocky soil received it with joy. It got in them. At one point, they valued it. Time passed. They didn't see fruit. They got offended. They had no roots. They had no endurance, no persistence. They let go and they quit. The thorny uh, soil heart received it with joy. The cares came in and the lust for things, and it choked out the word. So they had no fruit. But this is the good ground person, the only one that had results that brought forth fruit and patience. Nothing took the place of the word in their life. They highly esteemed it. Now notice that uh, this is a mathematical equation. There's 100 people and there's four groups if we break them up into 25. The first 75 people produce nothing. The last 25, we have 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold producers. So eight out of 100 Christians will produce a hundredfold return for the kingdom. Pay attention who you're hanging around. Pay attention to your soil. Become the person that others can run with that will further them, but make sure you're running with those so that you are furthered. Uh, and so you'll want to move over into the, the eight. And if you're building a business, you might want to use that same mathematical equation. You're looking for eight out of 100. Okay, uh, your clear conscience. So, if you, again, we're talking about how we're hearing. The, how you're going to hear, you need to have a clear conscience. Anybody ever felt guilty or condemned about something and had the, ha, was hearing impaired w- when the word came? You're sitting there in a service and you're hearing the word and you're, you're, you're trying to receive it, but you're kind of feeling guilty and condemned about something maybe you didn't do that the Lord asked you to do or something uh, that you did do. And so are you hearing impaired at that point? You are hearing impaired. So uh, if you want to uh, hear better this year, you're going to need to have a clear conscience. So 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and he's just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Just make sure your theme song is not Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. Okay, there needs to be a process where in our falling forward that those things have left our life because we displaced them. With the word, we kept putting the word in, we kept falling forward, but at some point we're, we've left that behind. There are things that we need to leave behind. It's not that you won't have many other things to uh, let the word displace in your life, but there are some things that we just need to be not working on and, you know, trying and there's no such thing as trying. There's either doing or we're not doing. Okay. Uh, honesty with yourself self-deceived, self-deluded, playing games. It's dangerous, uh, not to acknowledge what you know. It's dangerous to back up from light. When you, you saw something in the word, uh, and maybe you didn't see it because you were looking, but your pastor or somebody said it, and so therefore you saw it. And you decided, I don't want to walk in that. I'm not ready to walk in that because, you know, I just don't think I'm that strong, or I just got to do the process thing. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that word, and it's never once been used right, I'd have another crusade paid for. 
Don't process commands. They're to be obeyed. If you need to process them, just for kicks, do it while you're obeying on the other side uh, of the obeying, just for fun in your free time, for kicks, you know. The interesting thing about that is you really won't care. Why? You'll be like, oh, I have understanding, because Proverbs said understanding comes on the backside of submission. So once I understand, I didn't need to process, because if you were smart enough, you'd have figured it out on the front side. But the natural mind does not understand spiritual things, and every time we move into logic and reasoning, so if you hear the word, I'm going to process that, you've moved into logic and reasoning and out of your spirit. There is no processing. That word is not in the Bible. That, that definition of that track is not in the Bible. And even praying about anything that's in the word is, is an exercise in futility. You want, you want to have more time that your iPhone's not bringing you? Don't pray about the known will of God. Yeah. Who are you praying to when you're praying that prayer? You're not praying to the God of the universe because he already said it. So you're not praying to him saying, I'm going to pray about whether that's actually your will. No, you're praying to some false God when you're doing that. You're not even praying to, to God about his, his own will because he's not going to change his mind. He doesn't need to talk to you about it. He will explain to you exactly what that looks like and how you're going to do it. But don't, you don't even need to worry about the wind. The wind is always now. <laughs> Hebrews said, now faith is. So now action is. So we're always doing it now. And that means as we're walking down the street, God's telling me how. Not right here. He's going to let me stand here while he explains the whole thing to me like your boss does you. You you get what I'm saying? No, no, no. You're talking as you walk. Because isn't that what the Lord commanded Abraham and everybody do? As you walk through life, as you're out taking a walk, as you're doing the dishes, as you're doing things, as you're building the tabernacle, you are to instruct your children as you're doing the activity. Johnny, this is how we vacuum. Now, put your hand on my hand. Now, you feel, okay, now I'm going to let go and you go. So it's as God teaches you as. So if you're not learning enough, it's because you're not moving. I cannot steer a car that's parked. You're going to have to move it, move it, move it. (laughs) For God's sake, at least put it in neutral. Literally, for God's sake, at least put it in neutral. So, uh, you know, and making those angels work really hard to push that car in, in neutral or steer that. But you can't steer a car that's not moving. Okay, you're self-deluded. You're playing games. It's a dangerous thing not to acknowledge what you know and what you see to pretend. In the beginning, you know you're lying to yourself, but eventually you'll believe your own lie, and that's called self-deception. And Jesus told you that that deception you have over yourself was more powerful than anything Satan could do. Colossians 3.18 says, let no person deceive themselves. That means you can if you want to. Do you want to hear crystal clear? Do you want strong faith? Do you want unwavering faith to get up and know? Because when Pastor Dan called me uh, Friday morning, and I, I know him well. He's a dear, dear friend. He's helped us with our faith. I could hear faith in his voice. I could hear the voice of a husband, but he was not broken. He was not weeping. I'm not saying that if he was crying, it was wrong. But I could just, it wasn't a front. It was just all is well. I was like, that's my brother from another mother. And so he's like, if you want to know anything, I said, I don't want to know anything you don't want to tell me. He says, I'm, I'm right here with you. We're right here with you. What do you need? What do you want? Unwavering faith. What to do. You want to know what to do, where to go, what to say. You're not confused. You're not uncertain, not ambiguous. Then you can't lie to others. Can't lie to yourself. Uh, one thing, though, gossip, slander, misinformation, which is pretty much almost 100% of the news and Facebook and everything else, uh, misinformation, gossip, and slander, um, that's, that, there's not truth in that. 
And he says, well, that fact is true. How do you even know? And here's the problem that we have as Christians is that we participate in it not only by listening to it, but by opening our mouth to it. <gasps> That's terrible. You just ate at that table. Oh, well, here's my opinion. Then we go on and we express our opinion about something. And that the, the story recently, I don't know if you all heard it in the media this week about um, – some teenagers and some other organization and and the video that was released wasn't even truth and they had to come back out the next day and go yeah we just you know took that little clip and made a story about it. everybody was up in arms and had given it how foolish did everyone who expressed their opinion look because when they got the wide shot other video it was completely opposite of what had happened and that just lets everybody know is that's what people do in our society. They're going to run their mouth. They're going to give their opinion. Uh, truth doesn't matter and facts doesn't matter. They believe what they see, which is not even truth anymore. So if you open your mouth to it, comments on Facebook that you're making, twitting back the Twitters or whatever you're doing, you're eating at that table. You're partaking in that very thing, and that is not aiding you in your race. It's the leech that cries give, give, and is never enough, and it's sucking the ever-living life out of you. We don't even need to have an, have an opinion. It's okay to hold your opinion. There was a, um, uh, an app that my neighborhood uses, uh, which hopefully would have been good information, but it very much has a lot of uh, disparaging comments on it. And so at first when I was in the neighborhood, I thought, well, this will be great if they inform or, hey, you know, if they needed a painter, they would do that. And so uh, then I saw so much disparagement on how people even spoke to each other that literally next door I thought, well, shouldn't they just go, like, talk in person? They're talking all day long on this this app. But um, they just wanted to express their opinion. They didn't really want to hear or be heard. And so uh, I decided that my couple early comments were not going to produce anything, so I just get on there and listen, but I don't even participate because my time of even reading it or answering back, even when my comment might have been helpful, it was unheard, completely unheard, or if I heard by one or two pers- people, and then it just dropped in the feed and nothing was ever done. I was like, okay. So I was perceiving and attending on, this is not a conversation that I can be helped by, and one I also recognize I can't help with. So you might think, well, I'll get involved because I can help. You better know when you can't help because your voice is not heard. So that's also something you will need to back out because is all your time God's? If you say it is, then what I'm even giving attention to or even think I'm, but I'm doing something good, helpful. Did God tell me to do that? And I can tell by the fruit on something. So there's, there's places you don't have a jurisdiction of authority or you don't have what you would call a voice. So get out of it. That's not where God's placed you. So First uh, Timothy, go there real quick as we're finishing. So how do you hang on? So you know what to listen to, you know who to listen to, and you know the method by which that you will have to listen, the how. How do you keep those things when Satan or others are trying to take them from you? First Timothy 6.20, oh, Timothy, Keep that which is committed to your trust. Watch over, guard, preserve, and obey. The number one key to keeping anything that's been entrusted into your spirit by the Lord, which is his word, is for you to obey it. You can't take something from somebody that they're doing. In other words, you can come into my house and you can uh, take all the clothes out of the closet if I'm not there, or even if I'm there, but you're not taking off what I'm wearing. 
This will be the last thing you ever try to do. In other words, uh, you, you were going to obey. Because I'm walking and wearing this right now. If a burglar's at my house cleaning out my closet, he's not taking this, right? So whatever you're walking out in the word and obedience to can't be taken from you because it's with you and you're actually doing it. But the other things like Hebrews said that we left slip, that we put on the shelf, that we kind of forgot, um, those things can be taken from us. And we're going to have to go back to the word and we're going to get, have to get that deposit again. But that makes running very difficult. You're the kind of person that can run a block and have to walk three all the time and you never make progress. That you, he was going to, and this is Paul instructing him, you're going to, that which is committed to your trust, deposited down on the inside of you, this is how, avoid profane and vain babblings. So what is the definition of profane? Crossing the doorway with your foot. Here's a line. Crossing that doorway all the time. How close can I get to the line? Get away from the line. This is not Johnny Cash. Walk the line. No, get as far away from the line as you possibly can. Crossing the door with your foot. Heathenish, irreverence, violating things that's sacred, making them common. Tap dancing on that line. Here's what vain babblings means. To talk thoughtlessly. You ever heard anybody talk and they said nothing at the end of the hour? You literally had no idea what they said because they said nothing. Is it possible to talk thoughtlessly? Very. Idly, talk too much. The Bible says where there are many words, there is much sin. Tell secrets. Speak having no substance. Worthless, ineffectual, fruitless discussions. Complaining murmuring, whining, pity party, discontent, given to living unstable by your emotions. You're always talking about how you feel. Unthankful, ungrateful for all God and others have done for us. He told Timothy the way you hang on to what you have was to avoid all of these what he calls vain and profane babblings. Have we ever seen more of that in our society? But I've also seen that in what People call the church talking hands. You turn on the radio, you turn on the TV. There's nothing being said. There's no substance uh, behind that. Um, Anybody ever eaten like a fat-free ding-dong or ho-ho chocolate? No, I'm purpose. Well, I mean, or just eat something. It's like you have this craving for chocolate, and so you just want to eat like a Hershey's chocolate bar, and I can put away a whole one or three or four ice cream sandwiches. But your mind tells you, don't do that because of the fat and the calories. And so I've come out of the generation that realizes now the whole fat-free thing was like the worst nightmare ever. Again, another lie. And so we eat the fat-free ho-ho. Reduce sugar, sugar-free, fat-free ho-ho. Anybody ever eaten the substitute and thought, I still want the Hershey bar? And then ate the Hershey bar, and now we're worse off than we ever were. <laughs> because, because something that has no substance, you can tell that you just ate it, and it didn't fill you up. I still feel hungry. Right? How can you be hungry? You just ate. What did they eat? What did they just eat? French fries? Yep, you're going to need something more than that. You're going to need a steak. And so what did you just listen to? What did you just say? You, it has no substance. Recognize the fact that it has no substance in it and pay attention to that. It's better to just be quiet. It's true what they say at the movie. Silence is cold. <laughs> Timothy, guard and obey the things that have been deposited on the inside of you by the word and the spirit 
by turning away from irreverent babble, godless chatter, empty and worldly phrases, those discussions not promoting spiritual growth, and the subtleties and the contradictions in what is falsely called knowledge and spiritual illumination. So how do we know if our hearing is good? How do you know the natural if your hearing is good? You get a hearing test. So the word must have a way for us to test our level of hearing so we know whether to increase it or not, right? Okay, because it has a way to measure your faith. It has a way to measure Colossians 1.9. Are you filled with the knowledge of his will? So if you're saying all the time, I'm not sure I know God's will about many things or about this matter, you're not full. The Bible tells you that you can be full. If you're full of knowledge, you're not always wondering, what should I do? What should I do? Is that me? In, in my class, um, Tuesday Night in Blood Covenant, I said, have anybody ever heard, of course, we wouldn't ask this question, but we've heard others, is it me or is it God? I said, what is wrong with that, that question? And everybody was just pondering on it. I said, who are you asking the question of? Because everybody always goes, is it me or is it God? Who was I asking? Me? Oh, wise sage one, me, the one that doesn't have the answer. I'm now asking the question of, gosh, that's, that's a rocket scientist right there. Why, why don't you try asking God? God, is that you or is it me? <laughs> and actually expect an answer. Yeah. So first of all, we have to pay attention to what questions we're asking and make sure we're asking them of the person that has the answer. You got questions. God's got answers. God's got no questions, except when he's asking you one that he already knows the answer to. And you know you're in trouble then. So Colossians 1.9 says, are you filled with the knowledge of his will and are you walking in it? You know, the washing of the water of the word gets rid of goofy thinking. So you can be full. You don't have to feel like I just ate the fat free ho-ho. I'm not full. Genesis 12, 1 through 4. Uh, go there real quick. Let's look at that scripture. Was Abraham saved? Was he filled with the Holy Ghost? How is it that he heard the voice of God better than people would say they do? You know, a baby Christian can hear God's voice clearly. They may not know what they were he they're hearing at first, but they are not hearing impaired. So in Genesis 12, we see verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your kindred, from your father's house, into a land I will show you. So Abraham is not filled with the Holy Ghost. He does not have a gen regenerated spirit man. He is unsaved. He's also, also a heathen idol worshiper. He's from Ur of the Chaldees. They worship the moon god. They worship multiple gods. So he's a heathen idol worshiper, sitting mind in his own business, and God talks to him and he hears. It doesn't say God was talking to him in an auditory voice. But even more profoundly in the fact that Abraham heard, so if you're lost, you can hear God, is that Abraham actually did it to a God. He, he obeyed a God. No, he said, and I will make thee a great nation and bless thee, and I will bless them. Verse 4, so Abraham departed. So God spoke to an unsaved man, get up leave your home, your business, your country, and everything you know, and by the way, go out there into the wilderness, and I'm not going to tell you where you're going. <laughs> and he didn't process it, and he didn't pray about it. He got up, he left everything, and he went out. The Bible says where he knew not, but he did not trouble his mind about it. So do we have the ability to hear clearly? I don't think that we're as hearing impaired as we think we, as we say we are. I think we're obedience impaired. 
because the, we, the, the fact that you're conflicted means you know that you don't want to do something. Because if you didn't know it was wrong, there would be no conflict on the inside of you. We are conflicted because there is a right and a wrong. And you're having to deal with your soul and your flesh that don't want to do something that your spirit man's telling you to do. And if you need help settling something, rather than the conflicted you meditating further in your confliction... Why don't you ask somebody who's not conflicted, like your pastor or somebody who might know, who may have walked that road successfully and that has the ability to see your forest for your trees? Because I don't have the ability to see my forest for my trees many times. Like I'll tell uh, a spiritual authority, and I call them my board members, the ladies, I'll say, you know what? My emotions are caught up in this. I'm distrusting uh, that I'm hearing clearly. I am not sure. Something seems slightly gray. I don't have complete clear direction and I need to make a move. And so I talked to them, and within a few minutes, you know what? I got it. It was there all along, but it was clouded over by my thoughts and feelings. You're a person. You have thoughts and feelings. You, you're not an island unto yourself. You're not going to get forward without somebody on the other side of it saying, here's my hand. Take it, take it hold, and they'll pull you forward. And it's not that you shouldn't every time go, oh, yeah, I kind of knew that. Well, sometimes it may be fresh revelation to you, and that's good, but it wasn't even for me at that moment. I needed some clarity because my emotions were clouding the situation, like you walk into a room filled with smoke. I know what the furniture's there and everything, but there's smoke all in here, and so I can't see where I need to sit down. So you need, it's okay to ask for help, but don't be waiting six months to ask for that help, okay, because God's a now God. We ask you to do something. And if he wants you to do it six months from now, he'll say, hey, this is what I want you to do six months from now. But since he didn't add that on and you're still dinking around with it, we're missing out on uh, God's plan for our lives. So give yourself a hearing test. Do you do what he said exactly as he said it? And do you do it now? So it's not okay to leave out part, leave out parts of it. So I noticed that when the Lord said, um, ask, he also said, ask big. So he told us what to do. And he told us how to do it. And I'm pretty sure he meant now. So I got started right there sitting in my seat. And then I got started on the way home. And, and actually, I had to ask the Lord, I don't know what to ask. I have a really long list of things I'm asking for, and you keep saying ask. So I'm going to uh, perceive that I'm not yet following your instruction. And so I need you to get me. So I just meditated, Lord, what do you want me to ask for? Isn't that a good question? Because <laughs> you already, I'm already asking for my 25 things, and you're still telling me to still ask. I must have missed one. But since I don't know what it is, I'll need you to tell me what that is. What would you like me to ask for, which should have actually been my first question. Lord, I'm sorry. Before I made my list of everything I thought was good and right that I wanted, I should have asked you first, and yours should be at the top. And so did I go back and edit that list? Uh-huh. Thank God for a word, and you can just go back in there and bump down and put God's up there first. Sorry about that, Lord. Amazingly, he told me to ask for three things I hadn't thought of, but they were, they were different. It wasn't like, oh, I forgot to ask for the Louis. I promise you. Yeah, it's not something I forgot <laughs> to ask for. And so it was, it was really beyond my scope to even imagine or think. But it wasn't what you would go, oh, that was a big thing. It wasn't like, yeah, I didn't think I could have that mansion. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that involve spiritual principles that I would have deemed, that's a big ask, God. I'm asking, it's really hard because, again, there's humans involved. Okay, getting a mansion on a hill, I promise you, is better any day than getting a human to cooperate with God because <laughs> he's got to deal with people and their free will and their hearts. So getting stuff, nothing, nothing easier than stuff. Difficult. So what, I, what he told me to ask for was something beyond what I had been asking for, for individuals. And so it really stretched me. I was like, wow, that's good. Okay, so 
check your hearing. Um, I could say it this way. He who has learned how to obey will know how to command. So we all want to camp on Mark eleven twenty three. Or Luke, ask what you will. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will. But you're not going to be able to ask, which is a command, whatever you will, if you're not good at obeying. Because only the obeyer that understands authority understands the power of taking authority in the ask. But the person, you'll, you'll have no power and authority in your ask if you're not good at obeying. He who knows how to obey will know how to command. You do not have to do seminars in commanding, although everybody thinks you do. No one signs up for the seminar on learning how to obey. There'd be no one in there. But uh, if we had seminars on how to obey, you would know how to command. So who do we hear? How do we hear? What do we hear? Is it important? Yeah, it, it's going to determine your success. So stand with me, and uh, I like to you guys to repeat after me in a prayer of your confession. And the reason I do this as often as the Holy Ghost allows me is because it immediately puts the word in your mouth, and there's less opportunity for you to walk out of here and have a great lunch but have the word stolen while you're eating your natural food. So join hands with each other. And as a profession and a confession of your faith, Close your eyes and I'll pray and you repeat after me again if you mean these words. If you don't, you can remain in your golden silence. Father, I determine by your grace and through my faith in your word that the Holy Spirit will find me quick to hear, prompt to obey, easy to lead, a pleasure to work with. A pleasure to be with, to be with. Trusted. trusted, according to your word, to your word. I, determined to be I determined to be filled with all you have commanded me, commanded me. In, your in your word, to be filled with righteousness, filled with righteousness. The, Holy the Holy Spirit, wisdom, wisdom. Knowledge, of knowledge of your will, joy, joy. the fullness of you, and your glory. Each day, as we continue to increase our fellowship together, I will grow in faith by your grace. Thank you, Master, for all you have done and will do in me and through me this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Go grow. I'll see you tonight. Sugar's coming. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week. And remember, the best is yet to come.